0: Welcome to Puritan's Read, reading aloud, great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode three of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow. But as the measure of his knowledge is more full and ample, so the manner of his knowledge and apprehending objects is more noble and perfect than the way by which man comes to the knowledge of things that are before him. The scholastics, who abound with many intemperate niceties and curious disputes about the understanding of angels, in which they justly incur the rebuke of the apostle, in Colossians 2.18, of intruding into those things which they have not seen, though in other particulars they are not a little divided, yet in this position their consent is general, is that angels are beings that are full of knowledge, but not such as exercise a plurality of intellect in reasoning and argumentation as we do, whose knowledge is much built upon deductions and consequences that are derived from confessed principles. They grant angels knowledge not to be simultaneous, but successive, so that they know one object after another, but it has no dependence so as to know one thing by or from another, but by one single view or intuition, they fully discern the object that is before them. As a man does, the face of a friend, as soon as he beholds him, without the least hesitance or inquiry who he is. Now, if we should take for granted that the knowledge of angels is this exact, and that at first sight the same object is better understood by them than it can be by the many and most pregnant conceptions of the human intellect, it must evidence the abilities of Satan in tempting to be such that man cannot but be as unfit an adversary to maintain a dispute against him, as the young infant would have been to have resisted the sword which Solomon called for to divide it between the two harlots. But I shall not need to wind up the knowledge of angels to so high a key of perfection, or to abet the common opinion of the schoolmen, to make it any part of the basis or proof in demonstrating the power of the devil as a tempter. For I conceive with Cameron and others that their knowledge is arguative, as he terms it, and not intuitive, and that they do reason from the effect to the cause, from the sign to the event, as is apparent in those conjectures that they make, about the thoughts of men, which no angel, either good or bad, can otherwise discover than by some commotion which they cause externally in the body or internally in the passage. Only such is the marvelous quickness and agility of their conceptions that their intellectual motions are in respect of ours as the motion of the sun in the heavens is to the motion of the shadow on the dial, like the swift flight of an eagle is to the creeping of a snail, or the readiness of an expert mathematician is to a slow and unskillful accountant, who can in fewer minutes resolve that which you demand of him than the other man can in many hours or days. And this vast imparity which is between the angelic and human understanding is enough to make good this first demonstration of Satan's ability to tempt, as he is both a spiritual and intellectual essence. Demonstration 2 The second demonstration, which aptly confirms the same truth with the former, is from the duration and long experience of the devil, who has thereby become skillful to destroy, and to have his temptations be like the arrows of a mighty expert man, none of which return in vain, Jeremiah 59. In Scripture, as he is for his natural endowments often called a knowing or intelligent one, so he is for his acquired subtlety called an old serpent. Revelation 12.9, having been well nigh as long a tempter, nay, a murderer, as he has been an angel. He must, therefore, by the many revolutions and successive generations of men, in which he has not been an idle spectator, but a busy actor, be more versed in this art and mystery of wickedness than he was in the non-age and infancy of his being when he first clothed himself in the shape of a serpent. For it is proper only to God, to whose knowledge all things are present at all times and before all times, not to be taught by experience, but there is no creature so perfect in its knowledge, but it may and does learn something for the time present and to come by the times which are past. Experience is like the honey that Jonathan tasted, which enlightened his eyes and made him more fit for action than he was before. It begets an aptitude for the managing of such affairs, which youth can no more undergo than David could the armor of Saul, which he had not tried. Who is more fit to minister medicine to a weak and infirmed patient than an ancient and well-practiced physician? Who is more able to treat a wounded spirit and to ease a troubled conscience than a holy and experienced divine? Who may be better trusted to sit at the helm of a state than such persons whom years have made both venerable and prudent? It was the rash advice of Rehoboam's young counselors that well-nigh lost him his crown and occasioned the ten tribes to fall off from the house of David and to form themselves into a distinct kingdom, 1 Kings 12.20. They seemed, in their counsels, to exercise more mettle and courage than the old men who stood before Solomon his father, but the other displayed more wisdom. New liquor works and stirs more in the cask than older, but yet is as unfit to be drawn as their counsel was to be followed. It was also the unfit choice of persons in the Council of Aramine, deputed by the Orthodox unto the emperor, that much injured the truth. They sent young men who were little learned and as little cautious in the weighty affairs of religion with which they were entrusted the Aryans sent an equal number of their faction who were aged and crafty men well furnished with wit and learning whereby they easily prevailed against them and what other issue could be expected when unskillful novices were to take up their toy swords against ancient and cunning masters of the art of fencing it is multitudes of years that teaches wisdom, said Elihu in Job 32 7. And produces well rooted, and produces those mature fruits which youth, that is like a plant not well rooted, is unable to bear. Homer, who extolled Nestor as an oracle of wisdom, as a fountain of fluency and sweetness of speech, yet withal makes him as wonderful for his age, as peerless for his perfection. Josephus also attributes the art of astronomy to the patriarchs of the first age, who taught their posterity the motions of the heavens and the courses of the stars by certain monuments and pillars in which they had set down the observations, which themselves had experienced in those many centuries of years to which the life of man was then extended. One end, as some have deemed, of God's giving them so long a time above others that they might be the authors of this science unto later ages, which otherwise, after that great contraction of man's life by God himself, would hardly if at all, have been attained to. If, then, time and experience are so requisite to knowledge and wisdom that it is in some things the genuine parent of it and in other things the great improver of it, how much then must 5,000 years experience enable Satan to tempt, who has all his time been as diligent and observer of men as he has been an adversary against them. How skilful must he be in his black and accursed art who has compiled his temptations into systems which he has in readiness by him and does with such art continually make use of being one that does not know in the least what it is either to forget or grow old. Sublunary beings, though they do from time to time, receive a maturity and perfection, yet it is not extended in a parallel line with their duration, as they have a time of beauty and strength. So also they have an age of deformity and weakness, and by their long sitting under the deathful shades of the wings of time, are at last wasted and worn out. But Satan feels none of time's powerful impressions. Time has rather added to him than taken away from him, multiplying continually those experiences which increase his subtlety and advantage in tempting, as I shall show in three particulars. First, his long experience as a tempter has made him exact in discerning and choosing the most fitting seasons for it, the right timing of which has a powerful and effective influence into all kinds of enterprises whatever. Upon whose sword? Does victory most constantly build its triumph than his who is most diligent in spying out or improving advantages against his enemy? Whose entreaties and persuasions do with sweetness more allure and with mildness overcome the harshness and severity of some men's temper than his who observes the softest and most calm seasons of speech. Whose husbandry is crowned with a more successful harvest than his who is most prudent and circumspect about the seed time. Opportunity is the joint of time and he who wisely can hit it is never disappointed in his aims. One blow on the iron as it comes glowing and sparkling from the forge, more easily bows and fashions it than many repeated strokes when it is returned to its natural coldness. One timely pull more facilitates the ringing of the bell than many unskillful and laborious tugs on the rope." That was Episode 3 of The Wiles of Satan.